thinking outside the box and the box it came in the blind leading the nearsighted four out of five doctors recommend not listening this is cash withdrawal and four out of five doctors recommend welcome back to cash withdrawal quarantine edition day 47 wow 47 i think i have that correct it's about 4 15 a.m i uh woke up and this is sort of my scratch sheet this is my uh notes from the underground uh as i get through the quarantine uh and we do it together um some of these topics maybe i'll talk about on the big show cashing in with tj miller but um for now, I just kind of spout off to the 6th and the 4th. And I know that there's 12 and a half out there and probably the 6th and the 4th or one and the same or half of the 12 and a half because uh, I'm pretty good at math. But um, I appreciate you listening. And uh, we're in this together with the quarantine. It's, uh, we're going to talk a lot about, um, we're going to talk about a few things. So we're going to talk about random acts of kindness. We're going to talk about the uh, the Bulls, the Last Dance, which I've been watching. We're going to talk about the Sea Sparkle. We're going to talk about the uh, Student Council. We're going to talk about my wife in only the nicest ways. We're going to talk about college seniors. But first, let's talk about The Road Warrior, the apocalyptic vision, the movie The Road Warrior, which came out so many years ago about a world that was bereft of uh, gas. So everybody was out fighting for the last bits of drops of gas that could make the, uh, make the cars go and the trucks and everything. And that was the vision, the apocalyptic vision of the road warrior. They made two or three of those movies. And then uh, they did a remake, which uh, was pretty well received. Uh, I didn't think it was good, but uh, a lot of other people liked it. Uh, I liked the original Road Warrior. Um, Mad Max, that was the original. Um, in any event, the vision was wrong. That's what we've discovered. It, it wasn't gas that people ran out of. It was, uh, it was Purex. should have been called the Purex Warrior. Or maybe uh, it was... I don't know. Maybe it was toilet paper. Maybe it was Bed Bath and Beyond Warrior. That's what it should have been called, because uh, we're running low on all that good stuff. Um, what a strange era this has been. Where I even would say such a thing, and it would make sense to anybody out there. Um, are people zooming? I uh, <clears throat> I've zoomed a few times, like for business type situations, but. Um, are people really zooming? Is it are men zooming? I mean, I know women. Some women are zooming um, and uh, having like cocktail parties, but I just don't know any guys that have zoomed together um, just to chat and have drinks. I don't know. I maybe they have. Um, maybe I'm not very evolved in that way. To me, most of the conversations I have with guys are about sports. And uh, there is no sports, so I'm not sure exactly what people are Zooming about. Um, I don't feel that lonely for other people, though, and that's what's kind of strange. I, 
I don't know. I don't feel any less happy than I actually feel a little happier than I did before the quarantine. Like I've said before, if I didn't have to worry about the health of, of everybody and uh, the financial part, and those are two big ifs, of course, um, I could make a case of being a little bit happier now than I was before. And does that mean that my life was not so great before? I think maybe it does. I don't know. I like being in a routine. I never had a routine before. It was just a, you know, 20 plus years of packing my bag and leaving and coming back again. It was very discombobulating. And I feel like I can get into a routine now. And uh, that routine apparently involves getting up at four in the morning and talking to you at least once a week now. Um, but the Zooming, I, maybe maybe the women are Zooming, they're having these cocktail parties. How realistic are the cocktail parties? Maybe there should be a square just for some random guy to be in the cocktail party, just a, a creepy guy sitting in the corner alone, nursing a beer and looking at the girls doing their cocktail party. Maybe that's what it should be. Maybe we should have some semblance of reality uh, added to the mix. But... Um, you know, with the Zooming with the guys, I think that would be a little embarrassing. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what I would talk to him about. Maybe The Last Dance, the uh, the Bulls uh, documentary about uh, Michael Jordan. <clears throat> I've enjoyed that. I always loved Michael Jordan. Um, not not uh, unique in that, that feeling. It was a real genuine article. Um, you know, Michael Jordan was one of a kind, uh, not just as an athlete, not just as a great uh, performer on the stage of, of, of athletics, but just as a person, he was just so unique and he was just so like uh, genuine, funny, but also competitive, great combination of person. And the thing that strikes me about this last dance, the documentary, if you're watching it, is the criticism that Jerry Krause gets, the GM of the franchise, who was anxious to break this thing up and rebuild. And he's getting a lot of, you know, criticism, as he should, for why would he be so anxious to rebuild. But I feel like Jerry Reinsdorf, the owner, um, I don't think enough criticism is leveled towards him in terms of breaking up a six-time, well, at that point, a five-time champion. If he's willing to go to Montana, even though his... GM doesn't want him to and rehire Phil Jackson. And he's also willing to, his GM wants to entertain the idea of trading Scottie Pippen. If he's willing to do all those things uh, as an owner and overrule his GM and say, we're not going to be rebuilding. I want to give these guys one more year to go for another championship. Why not go ahead and Go for two or three more championships. And as an owner of that franchise, Jerry Reinsdorf is willing to go over his GM's head. And he is, you know, um, has the authority to do that. He's the owner of the team. Why not re-sign Scottie Pippen for an extra two or three years? He's earned that money in the five years he was underpaid. It'll keep Michael Jordan on the team. Why not go for three more championships? It didn't make it didn't make any sense to me. If your GM is so hell bent on rebuilding, and you don't agree, uh, fire that GM. Uh, it just it just seems like Jerry Krause. You can make a case that you want to get out a little too early and rebuild a franchise when you have assets. 
So if you want to get out a little early and you want to try to get some assets for Scottie Pippen and get out a little early, you can make a case for that. But if you're the owner of that franchise and you don't want that to happen, uh, go ahead and overrule that GM unilaterally, not just with a few small moves like bringing Scottie Pippen back for one year or bringing back Phil Jackson for one year, but why not go for two or three more years? Um, just doesn't make any sense to me. Basically, he said, I agree with you enough to, at the end of this year, blow it all up, and now you will start a new franchise uh, rebuilding process with no assets. Um, but I'm not going to go with you long enough. I'm, I'm going to basically agree with you enough so that it's not going to work. And that's exactly what's happened. The Bulls haven't been really very good ever since. So I think uh, Jerry Reinsdorf deserves more criticism as an owner uh, of the Bulls during that era than Jerry Krause does. That's the case I'm making. That's the kind of thing that I would be talking about on Zoom with the cocktail Zoom parties with some of my oldest and dearest friends. I, uh, I, one thing that's happening here on the beach, here in Manhattan Beach, is the, uh, the plankton is coming. There's lots of plankton in the water. And uh, <clears throat> as a result... We have the sea sparkle every night. I don't know if you've heard about the sea sparkle. The sea sparkle is when the, the, the waves sort of crash on the shore and um, they create this uh, fluorescent uh, explosion of light in the ocean. And uh, it's really, really beautiful. And it only happens, I don't know, a few times a year. It's very exciting. This year, nobody's around to see it except those of us that are fortunate to live near the ocean. Um, in previous years, people would come out and look at it, stand on the pier and watch it and stuff. And it's really, uh, it's really cool. It's sort of like, uh, it explodes with light. It's sort of like a, a living Thomas Kincaid painting. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you've heard of Thomas Kincaid. He calls himself the painter of light, Thomas Kincaid which uh, I think that's the cockiest thing you could call yourself in the world, the painter of light. I, uh, it's like, what you can't, that, you can't take that corner of the market. You can't just call yourself the painter of light. I'm the comedian of laughter, you know, or the, I'm the writer of language. You know, it's like saying, uh, I'm, the, uh, I'm the musician of sound. That's what I am. If you look at Thomas Kincaid's work, um, it's kind of, I, I hate to put down other artists because I'm sure what Thomas Kincaid does is much more difficult than anything I've ever done in my lifetime. Uh, you know, that's one of my favorite things to say to people, say, I'm better at what I do than anything you'll ever do in your entire lifetime. I always think that's a good comeback if someone's criticizing you. Uh, about your stand-up comedy or anything else. But uh, if you're good at something, that's the best thing you can say to somebody. But I'm sure Thomas Kincaid could say that to me. He could say, I am the painter of light, Cash. I am better at painting light than you are at anything you'll ever do or attempt to do in your entire lifetime or the lifetime of your ancestors. I'm sure Thomas Kincaid might say that to me. So I am fully aware that I'm not much of an artist compared to Thomas Kincaid. However... It's, it just seems cheesy to me. I don't know. When I go over to someone's house and they have a Thomas Kincaid on the wall, and that's very rarely happened in my lifetime, there's just something a little bit 
ridiculous about it. I'm sorry. Uh, Google Thomas Kincaid and look at some of his works. There's something a little not artistic about it. A little not artistic. Um, in any event, the sea sparkle, that is the ocean of light right now at night, and it's really beautiful. So that's one uh, silver lining that, uh, that I've discovered here with the... Uh, you know, with the, you know, with the hiatus we're taking, I feel sorry for different people in different scenarios with the, uh, you know, with, with the break we've taken here. Um, for certain people, it's not so bad. We've talked about it. If you're married and happily married, if you have a job that already you are working out of your house, um, you know, if if you have the right aged kids, sometimes that can be great. I'm sure. In terms of the quarantine, I feel sorry for high school seniors. Um, that would suck. Senior year is pretty memorable, uh, whether you liked high school or not. It's memorable, and I, you know, you know me. I think valuing things that you can remember in your life, uh, things you can look back on, even if it's not fondly, if it stands out, I think it's it's always good to have those things. Um, if I had a kid that was a senior in high school, uh, I would be bummed out um, that, that, that my kid didn't get to experience the full extent of how that feels to finally leave home. And if my kid was going off to college right now, I'd have him take a year off. This, this whole virtual learning is just bullshit compared to, you're not going to remember, you know, we're talking about memories. You're not going to remember the virtual learning. Um, I would have my kid take the year off until he gets to experience real college. You're not going to uh, have the same social situation you would have had freshman year in college next year unless things change very, very soon. Um, I, would hold, I would hold him back, have him uh, maybe you know, do an apprenticeship with Thomas Kincaid. Maybe he could learn to be the painter of light. Um, so I would, I would really you know, hold him back. Um, college seniors, I mean, if this was the end of your college experience to uh, to learn online, to be doing Zoom with your teachers and your and your other students, I mean that that would suck. So I think I think these are the tough tough breaks for people that are in those eras, and uh, I feel fortunate that that hasn't happened in in my um, situation. I also think if you're just starting a career. Um, I feel bad for young comics that are just getting started and just starting to, you know, get that that rush of hearing people laugh when they're on stage, and and now nobody really knows where that's going to go or what's going to happen with it. It's going to be, it's going to make things difficult. There's going to be a real logjam of of people and a lack of stage time um, for everybody. So this is going to change a lot of people's lives. Um, talking about Thomas Kincaid. I used to love Ann Tyler books. Um, I still do. She just came out with a new book. I'll probably read it. Ann Tyler uh, has written a lot of good books. It seems like they're all a little bit similar. They all have like a quirky, quirky woman or girl. It's got a weird, a lot of weird characteristics, a lot of, you know, weird mannerisms or habits or hobbies or whatever it's always like a likable girl in each book and you, you end up kind of wanting to marry her 
And then there's always a guy, or there's often a guy who just lets life happen to him and then discovers he needs to take the, the helm and kind of control his life a little bit more. It seems like those are some of her archetypes in terms of her writing. But I always sort of liked, I always had a crush on certain girls in her books. And then I ended up marrying someone that has some quirky characteristics. So it ended up kind of life imitating art a little bit. But you realize things about your wife that you didn't really realize when you're quarantined with her. Um, so I've learned a couple things about my wife the last few weeks um, or months. She, uh, she frames a lot of pictures and then she doesn't mount them on the wall or, or hang them because we don't really know how to do that kind of thing at this house. So she just puts them on a desk or a table, you know, kitchen table type thing. And then they just pile up where they're in front of each other. So you'll have like nine, ten pictures of your kids in front of each other. And I'll say you can only see the first picture or the last one you put up. There's ten pictures behind it now that are framed and sitting there that you can't see. And she'll be like, yeah, but I love all of them. Like, I know, but you can't see any of them. So we'll have that argument. The frames are sort of stadium-style seated. Uh, if the, you know, if the people in the pictures were in a stadium, they'd be seated that way. So that's one funny characteristic that's kind of starting to drive me crazy. Another one is the conditioner. Um, the entire house is filled with conditioner in the shower, but no shampoo. Now I don't have that much hair, so I don't really have a dog in this fight. But every single bathroom, every single shower only has conditioner with no shampoo. And I don't think conditioner is a real thing. I think it's just a, a creation, you know, of the shampoo companies to create a separate product that we're supposed to be convinced has some different qualities to it. Um, so I don't understand why we have conditioner. All I know about conditioner is you can't really use it as soap, you know, Shampoo, when you run out of soap, you can just use it as soap, as far as I'm concerned. But conditioner, it doesn't really do anything when you rub it against your body. It's just a little softer. So that's a bummer for me. I mean, you know what conditioner is? You know when you uh, run out of shampoo, there's almost nothing left in the shampoo bottle, and it's just pretty much empty, and you have to like pour water in it to even get enough out of it, put it on your head or your body. That's conditioner. That's what conditioner is. <laughs> so thanks for listening. Thanks for, uh, I appreciate the six and a quarter um, getting through the quarantine with me. I've been really enjoying your, your friendly notes when I put out these episodes. This has been one of the uh, bright spots of this era is uh, kind of getting back and doing this show and just doing this stream of consciousness with you uh, once a week and uh, sharing my quarantine experience with you. And then in turn, you guys sharing it with me um, on the Facebook, Cashing In With TJ Miller page. Um, I've been enjoying the heck out of doing the big show with TJ again. Um, we've got a lot more episodes coming out uh, for you, even post-quarantine. And... Uh, 
that's been some of the silver linings of this entire experience. But uh, the connection I feel with you, I think anyone that listens to this show, this is just such a weird thing we've been doing together the last couple months. Uh, I'll, I can't wait to meet one of you after a show and have you say, hey, man, I listened to the quarantine editions and I think I'll just tear up and give you a hug. So uh, although I'll try to do it uh, while observing six to ten feet of personal space and social distance. Thanks for listening. Do shy shy, do shy shy. Ka 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 ka.